Release Show. My name is Matt, and I am joined by my good friend from Nashville, Sam Moses. Hi, it's me, Sam. Sam. There you go. Anyway, (laughs) hi, Sam. Today's episode, we don't really know how long this episode's going to be. We've been hours talking and catching up. I had to take last week off because we I was having a little bit of website trouble, and uh, we were just catching up. We're good friends, as we said in several episodes, so we've been chatting for about the past hour and a half. Um, I don't think that this episode will take a full hour, which is good, um, but it's something that I believe is very relevant. If you've kind of been following and building, let's say, like a studio along with us, let's say... Um, you've bound to encounter this, or you probably will encounter this. I'm not entirely sure what the episode title will be. This is a very non-sexy episode. It's a very but non- important. It's a very. I, I need to clickbait this episode. Yeah, because I want because people to hear it, this. It's, it's it's more important than I think people will give uh, give credence to. Yeah. So. Um, essentially, this, this this whole episode is around cyclical markets, and and that's kind of like my working title. Just things that I've seen and kind of like working through and navigating. And uh, but before we hop into that, why don't you take us away on a little bit of housekeeping? Woohoo! Housekeeping, my friends. Welcome. This is that unique time where you get to screenshot this episode or a previous episode, post it on Instagram, tag me, most mastering, tag Matt for the record mastering. We will share your post. We also get to meet you one-on-one digitally, which is awesome. That's probably the coolest benefit of this housekeeping is that we've gotten to know people one-on-one now. And we get to know our audience, which helps us make better episodes and form community, which is very important. And uh, it also helps the podcast get out. So if you could screenshot this episode, post it on Instagram, tag us, that would be wonderful. Help us out, please. Y'all have been doing this, actually. But write a review on Apple Podcasts if you can. Give us some stars and subscribe. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. It is so helpful. Um, And we're just now asking for your help on this six years in. So we would like to keep making the show. We would like it to reach more and more people because it forms more community and people finish records better together. So that's housekeeping. Peace. Well, there you go. I did it. All right. So cool. I feel like <laughs> I feel like leading into this, I was kind of talking with like my NPR voice. <laughs> and then I say the boring sounding episode topic. And you know, it's like I have the I have the the uh, what is it, the NPR NPR microphone. What is it? The, the this is the electro voice. The, like the RE twenty. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's it's so funny because it's like the pre that I use for this is so much nicer than the tone that the RE twenty is putting out. But it's just like I can leave this. I can leave this mic on the floor all week and then just literally pick it up by the dumb cage and stick it right in front of me and push the third input on the on the manly backbone and we're off to the races. 
I don't have to worry about like any type of weird like humidity corroding a capsule or something <laughs> like that. I've kind of been toying around with getting another condenser mic, but I was like, whatever, I'll just hang out with this RE20. So anyway, I kind of felt weird. Like I was like starting super monotone, which I'm monotone to begin with. I got the RE20, which is a monotone, very canceling mic. And uh, I hope this episode. I hope this episode doesn't lull you to sleep because I feel like there's some pretty good intel in this episode. Absolutely. And, uh, this is also a listener participation episode because I want to hear, and I'm sure Sam wants to hear your experiences with this, working through it, <clears throat> and navigating it. So. Um, uh, the unsexy term for this episode is called cyclical markets, and it essentially revolves around the evolution of people, not like monkeys to people, <laughs> arguably back to monkeys, <laughs> but it, more around the whole notion of people change and life happens and people move on from you know what they're doing now and what they're interested in and uh, people get married and they have families and other things take priority and there's career changes and all of a sudden you're an older person looking <laughs> back on a bunch of old guitars being like looking at all your friends saying like the what is it like the five forbidden words like we should start a band <laughs> yes. and then yeah and then like that and then that that goes on but <clears throat> i don't know anyway i wanted to talk about how markets evolve and so you have like that what i just proposed like as like like kind of like a life evolution but then you have the other side of it to where you're the producer mixer mastering engineer etc and you kind of have to deal in, with this ebb and flow in the market. And you really need to be not resting on your laurels and kind of always in client generation mode. Mm -hmm. And before I kind of tee you up, Sam, uh, you know, for your first <laughs> monologue, <laughs> um, it's like I'm, I'm experiencing a little bit of this. And it's like, you know, it's like, for like seven or so years, it's it was kind of crazy. It's like you could really expect that you come in every morning and it's like I operate off of a system of a, essentially mastering checklists. I 100% copied it from Sam. And it's a quote form that we have on our websites that you fill out. It's a Squarespace website and it, go, it populates right to your email as soon as it's filled out. But it's great because we have absolutely no idea. We're coming in cold to every single mastering project, even if it's the same producer or whatnot. And it will generally have all the files on board and everything you could really need. And you can generally count on, uh, like in healthy business cycles, you can generally count on a certain number of those just about every day and then trickling in throughout the day. Um, it was kind of funny because it's like I for years back I had like a certain day of the week specifically that they would kick mm -hmm. in. It'd be Thursdays, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it would like literally just that Thursday would book out the whole next week, which was wild. Yeah, and uh, yeah, was, I, I don't know, just kind of little funny trends that I always picked up on. And it's like I just see all these like Squarespace notifications. I'm like, oh, must be Thursday, <laughs> and uh, 
but like it typically will come down to like every day and like random times of the day and everything and really kind of going about keeping all that organized. But what happens when life happens to a significant number of those people or businesses? Maybe people are kind of getting out of the production, the mixing, et cetera, and they're taking on um, other career choices. Um, and so that's, I think, where... Uh, I'm trying to decide if I want to put this in here now. Um, no, 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 no. So what happens like in these cycles that you've identified, Sam? Yeah. Of when when your general market uh, kind of goes through this cyclical event? Yeah, I. This is a incredibly good topic to me because it's something that I've gone through for over 10 years now and I never even comprehended this being a like this would be a thing I thought if I could just get like 10 people to give me their work which is true you can make a good living on this but you don't realize that when you're starting in this industry you don't realize A it's really hard or you probably do understand that A it's hard B, if you get it going, the longevity and sustainability is not always there. So, you know, you have bands that are one-hit wonders or you have producers Mm. that are two-year wonders or you have songwriters who write three number ones and never get a cut again. Like, you have all sorts of people that, you know, to just make it is a crazy accomplishment. Then to sustain it is an even harder accomplishment, I think. And then that gets into, I think you've described it before, Matt, and I like this of like, you can't really say you've had a career until you have a lot of years or all your years under your belt. (laughs) Basically, when you're retiring, then you can be like, I had a career in this. (laughs) Because before then, you're not sure. Um, Because you don't have the years and the the track record to say, quote unquote, you know, I had a career. Um, I think for me now, 14 years into getting paid to make records uh, or finish them, I feel like I have a career in this um, and will continue to. And I think for people listening, you have to understand that your business is going to grow and change. And like Matt's saying, your clients are going to grow and change. And there's a lot that you don't think about, which to me, the clients I have now, probably, I'm going to guess, 80 to 90% of them are clients that I didn't have four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. Like the people that sustain my business now, literally I didn't know them. Um, they didn't know me most likely. Maybe they had heard about me through the grapevine and that's probably how they eventually got to me. But my client list is cyclical. It is always changing. It is always shifting. My mixer's there are some that have been with me from day one, but there's a lot that are here now. And then there's a lot from, say, years one through five. There are mixers, producers, studios that those people literally don't send me anything. They close down. They change careers. They left the music industry. They decided it wasn't for them. And those people no longer make records. Like, And that's not a good or bad thing. That's just how life goes. And... I remember when I started to make, I'll say enough money to like 
be like, okay, this like this can provide for my family and like house and all that. Those clients are not my clients anymore, mm-hmm. you know. And I remember, you know, I remember the first time like a few studios or even a label gig, like the first time I was essentially let go and or fired off a label gig. Um, I thought, oh no, my career, <laughs> like or the future, like potential career is gone or. You know, that client, that studio used to send me one record a month. So that's the equivalent to, say, $1,000 to $1,500 a month. And now they've decided to go with my buddy, you know, who's in town. They used him for something. And now they've decided they want to go with him. And it's very easy throughout all this process with your clients, with the cyclical market, to get bitter, jaded, upset, frustrated, And if I have learned anything, it's that A, you need to hold everything with open hands, but B, also understand that people are free to A, work with whoever they want. B, they're often not leaving you for personal reasons. They may just have used you for a period of time and decided they wanted to do something different or they just, whoever they're working with on that project likes to use this person and that's their team and so they go with their team. Um, And that I respect 100% because people do that with me too. Like there are people I work with now who I would love to work with for the next 10 years, but I know realistically based on the history of my business and I think talking to other people who have been in business for a long time, I know a handful of the mixers I work with now in a few years, they may not be mixing even though they're busy now. Some of them may move on to somebody else that they you know, want to use for the next few years or, you know, whatever. But you have to understand that people will come and go uh, in this industry because people change. And so I think of it as like, um, it can be as simple as, you know, you in your life, you may like a certain brand for a long time. You wear, you know, Abercrombie and Fitch. (laughs) Like for me, it was high school. Now it's back again. I'm wearing it again. And, you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to buy, you know, the 90s loose fit everything and, you know, graphic tees and all that for this season because it's cool and it's fun and it's nostalgic for me. And I know in like two years or maybe less, I'm going to be like, what the heck was I doing? You know, with that. And that's a cyclical market to me. Like it, it, you change and some seasons it's artists, they go through changes. Like Picasso had a multiple different, um, basically like, seasons in his life of painting, you know, blue season and different seasons where you see artists even that you work with or even mixers. Like I have mixers that worked all out of the box and really into analog. So they liked using me because I was, you know, I'm still into analog. And then all of a sudden they sold all their gear and they're like, no, digital is where I love it. And I want it to stay in the box. So I'm going with the mixer, the mastering guy who is only digital. And it has nothing to do with me other than you know, they have changed the way they like to work and they want to, you know, align themselves with somebody else who gets that vision, you know, and is on board with that. And I literally say all that with like the most grace and like um, non-upsetness. I don't know what else to say. Like it doesn't upset me anymore when people leave um, or try someone else or go somewhere else. You know, sometimes my mixers will be like, hey, I just wanted to use this person. And I always say, that's awesome. I'm glad you found somebody you like. And you have to accept within this market that you're going to have clients that come and go. And the worst thing, in my opinion, you could do is get bitter, 
about it, get upset about it, you know, read into it, create a false narrative, even for yourself. It's really easy to be like, well, hey, I was super busy for three years and now it's like, you know, do I suck? Is this not going well? You know, and during those seasons, you just have to see and kind of observe and step back and go, okay, what's changed? What's happening? What's going on? And then you need to constantly be, this is something took me years to figure out is like, I have to constantly be marketing. And it doesn't mean I have to put a ton of effort and time into it, but I need to constantly still be making sure people know who I am, uh, where they can find me and what I do. And that is how I've stayed in business and still grown over the years is making sure people know that I am a master engineer and where they can find me, mostmastering.com. And you have to know that the clients um, that are probably going to like pay for my life in theory um, for the next five years, uh, probably about 30, 40% of them, I don't even know yet, you know, and they don't even know me. But if I keep pushing my name out there and keep doing records, they will know about me. Um, and that I think is one part of the cyclical market within the industry. The other part is you have to understand always talk about the game you're playing. You need to understand that as you get higher up, which most people are like, I want to, you know, do labels and do these things, that these artists are on cycles. They are usually in a writing cycle and then a cutting cycle, and then it mixes and then masters, then it's promotion and it's touring, and then they're on a break and or writing again. And it's a yearly cycle usually, especially after mm -hmm. COVID, we are now back on touring schedule where an artist will make their EP and or record, they'll do singles, they'll do promo, then they'll go out and tour. You know, the summer is a huge tour time, spring, summer, into fall. Once you get close to Thanksgiving, labels slow down, everybody slows down. Coming into tax season, everything slows down. There's not a lot of movement over holiday. There's usually like no new signees. You know, there's no big shows outside of, you know, a holiday show, a one-off, a private show, you know, a New Year's Eve showcase, you know, if you're on a TV special. And then you hit the new year. You got January, February gearing up with new music, you know, usually singles, then EPs and or records come out in the spring into summer, summer, we're back again. And so you kind of find, um, you know, for me, a lot of times at this stage, I have slower seasons, but not like nothing. Um, it took me about six years to get there where like November to February um, used to be a bit slower. Now it's pretty busy, especially at the top of the year as I've gotten into say the label, more label work, they are gearing up always at the beginning of the year to start cranking out tunes, singles, EPs, whatever records. Um, and so you have to understand that cycle exists within the higher up industry. So as I transitioned kind of a bit to, you know, moving up the ranks in theory to label work, I had to learn, okay, there's a cycle here. So if a bunch of people just did a bunch of spring summer records, the thought that, hey, these records or these labels are going to just keep cranking out, you know, more records for the fall and winter is a bit naive um, for release cycles. Um, so you kind of learn uh, within that, you know, when to expect a lot of work and or then a little less work. As you grow your client base, you kind of, for me now at this stage, like my cycles are, 
you know, not as drastic anymore. Things are extremely consistent. But I will say that I'm like never booked out past like 10 days. Like I never have been. Um, And I want people to hear that. Like I am busy all the time. I've been busy for the last five or six years. Like busy, like work to do, thankfully. But I am rarely booked out more than seven to 10 days. And I think anybody who's saying, yeah, I'm booked out, you know, for three months, I would be very interested to know what that actually means. Because most people, even labels that are on cycles, um, you know, things are moving quickly. Things move quickly, especially with TikTok, especially with uh, like sync and TV, the way things go viral. Um, There's stuff that pops up all the time as well. And then there's stuff that, you know, just shifts all the time. And so for me, in my experience, I, I do a lot of records. I know that. And I know that at max, I'm booked out seven to 10 days. And if anything, it's getting less and less because people are starting to release quicker and quicker. You know, there's a number of label things where I will get a song and they need it that day. You know, and I just got it. There was no heads up. Hey, we need this turned around because of TikTok. Hey, we need this turned around because it's going to be on Netflix. Hey, we just, we need this because they're going to be opening for so-and-so now. Like there are a number of things within this cycle where things just come up and you need to be able to handle that now, I think, Mm -hmm. um, with the way the market has changed. Um, And so you need to be aware of things like that. And I think with mastering for me, and as I've talked with more mastering engineers, I don't know any mastering engineers that are booked out more than like a week or so, um, even at the high up level. They can say, yeah, we know work's coming in, which is probably true. Just like I, I, I believe that, you know, over the next year to two years, yeah, I'm going to, you know, in 10 years, I could say I'm booked out for the next 10 years, <laughs> hypothetically. Hmm. Um, you know, I do believe it's going to keep going, but I don't know that for sure. And uh, I think for a lot of people, you have to let go of this fear that it's going to end um, while also knowing it could end. And you have to understand if you're in this kind of service industry that's very specific self-employment. It's not self-employment like selling t-shirts or running a company. It's a very interesting niche self-employment to be an engineer because you're basically getting paid for your personal tastes on the highest level because you're not even providing really anything physical. Um, You're manipulating some audio and telling people it's better, which is like quite the the thing to do. Um, You know, it's, it's a very interesting job. And if I've learned anything, it's that we really do go through cycles and that's normal and that you have to at some point lay down the burden of anxiety, stress, financial stress of is the money going to keep coming in, you know, Matt, you said it before, it changed my life. You know, you can't be stressed with money, can't be stressed without money. You said that like three years ago and it has burnt into my head because I have been through that cycle of growing my business without money, having my business with money. And I have found in this learning to be open and trusting and, you know, like not being, I'll say, like a slave to money and or just worrying about money all the time. That my biggest stress, you know, had come from having money and that fear of like falling off. You know, it was like, oh, now you're making money. Now you have some clients. 
oh my gosh, what if I lose that? That almost feels more to me mentally painful than never making it. You know, making it for a few years in theory of basically like paying your bills. And then if it just all like comes to a tumble, you know, and you don't pay your bills anymore, that to me, for myself, mentally used to be like very shameful to think about, very embarrassing to think about. And I would get in this path of almost, or this pattern of like, oh man, I wish like it would have never even happened. Because <laughs> it's like one thing to try and fail, be like, oh, you just try, you know, get your best. Another thing to try, make it, and then you collapse. And that's kind of like, oh, well, you must have done something wrong, you know? And so you have to, within these cycles, begin to hold things very openly and know that your provision that will be provided is probably going to come from a place that you don't even know exists yet. It's going to come from a band. It's going to come from a label. It's going to come from a mixer that you may have not met yet, but it's your job and responsibility to be putting your name out uh, all the time, you know, via meeting people, going after mixers you like on social media. I'm not talking about making cringy content. You don't have to be an entertainer. You don't have to curate. You don't have to schedule but you need to be active for five minutes a day, Monday through Friday, saying, hey, here I am. I like to finish records. Here's the type of music I like. Here are the things I like. Maybe we can figure something out. That is like my secret sauce, consistency. And that within the cyclical markets, you get through that by being consistent. And that where I see people fail is they do get a little momentum and they go, okay, this is good. I got 10 studios. I got 10 mixers. We're making, you know, six figures, blah, blah. It's go, going well. And they get, you know, a year or two into it. Like, yeah, it's going well. And it starts to decline, decline, decline there. Oh my gosh, mm. now I'm making 50 grand a year. What happened? And, you know, eight of my studios are going somewhere else. And they think they suck or they did something bad. No, you just like, you, you took your foot off the gas and, what you did to get those clients, you stopped doing. And so you have to understand that these clients, to get clients and to keep this thing rolling, you're probably going to have to always have your foot on the gas with marketing on some level, just because people enter the market and exit the market at all different time periods. And a lot of things for those clients too are out of their control. We are in such a fickle industry <laughs> where there mm, are so sure. many things that are, I don't want to be negative. I don't want to say like it's working against us because it's kind of all a big game to me and fun to play. But there are so many things as a master engineer that are working out of your control. And as much as like master engineers like to be control freaks, I think you are in a career in a position where you have to basically surrender to everyone. I mean, you got to surrender to the mixer, the producer, the label, the release cycles, hoping the artists has a hit, hoping the marketing team markets it well, hopefully, you know, they make money, hopefully they make money and they come back to you and don't go to the bigger person above you. Like, <laughs> there are so many things that play. You're not guaranteed any of that. Yeah, that, that keep you potentially losing the gig after you just crush the gig. The amount of times I've had an independent artist where we crush it, it, you know, streams 10, 15, 20 million, it goes gold. And then, they get signed, they get a deal, and then they go, we're going to go to so-and-so. And you're like, oh, wow, that is something I have to like come to peace with, is that mm -hmm. the team that got them famous, got them the big deal, got them noticed, as soon as they get picked up, there's another team waiting there who's you know one step above. And that's not always how it goes, but there's been so many times where I could have been like, oh man, that sucks. That artist sucks. That mixer's everybody left, or you know, the artist just 
cleaned house, essentially. And usually what happens is like the artist didn't do anything. The artist is just like unaware. They're like, don't even know. They could also be out of their control. Yeah, that's a lot of it. They get signed and they have a system that works. And I get that. They have the guys. Yeah, and so they put it through their chain of, Here's your producer, here's your mixer, here's the mastering, here's your marketing plan, here's your tour, here's your tour manager. Because they have quote-unquote proven results. I respect that, honestly. I have Mm -hmm. no issues with that anymore. Um, Because that's just how it is. And eventually, too, what I've noticed, if you keep going, you start to become that person, too. Like, I have people that come to me now who are like, I used to use so-and-so, and and now I want to use you. And I've replaced their older mastering engineer, you know, and or person they were going to. So it it happens. That's cyclical. It happens always. People are changing, coming, going. Things are shifting. People are growing. People are coming in. People are quitting. People get dropped. People get signed. People go viral. And we just need to be here ready to serve. We need to be ready to... Well, nothing's wrong also with like being number two. Being like the second guy that's called because... It's like, I don't know, so-and-so could be sick. They could be under the weather. Or they could have just, like, dropped the ball on, like, a master. They're like, hey, we just need this, like, really quick. Like, is yes. there a way you can fit us in and kind of package us up and get us out the door? And Absolutely. you're available, and you can make this work. Right. And, and that's a large soon, part of my career. the guy. Yeah, is being know, number two. Really, <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, that is my long-winded open cyclical monologue. And Matt, I want to hear from you, hear your thoughts, what you've been stewing on, because you came up with the topic, so I know you've been thinking about it. And Well, I mean, I'm just, I'm, just a very, I'm just a very analytical person, and so when I see trends, whenever I see like things happen in markets, I mean, I see it with my other business, and I mean, there's a whole... There's a whole thing. It's like, you do have clients that at one point you sold to, that goes somewhere else and it could be your product is too expensive. They don't need necessarily all the features that your product has. They just need a basic solution for the job. They may go elsewhere. There could have been a bad relationship or a bad order or a bad experience. And so it's like at some point, I don't know, it's not a completely sussed out thought, and I wouldn't say that any of the last 150 episodes have one <laughs> sussed out thought from me. Um, but it's like at some point you need to be bringing clients on quicker than you're losing them. Correct. And so that's like a whole another thing. It's like how, we were joking this morning about this. Is like how leaky is your bucket? You know. Yeah. Um, and it's like hopefully it's hopefully it's not a big leak. It's like, but eventually it's like eventually water will come out of that bucket. And you need to still be able to pay your bills. You still need to be able to, like, support your lifestyle, your family's lifestyle, whatever you really have going on. Even if it is, like, like with me, I have a regular day job. Granted, it's another business that I own that's eight, nine years old. Um, but And it's like that other business supports my family, and then my mastering money goes towards, you know, Matt's little extracurriculars. And it's like if I want to build a studio, if I want to do really whatever, if I want to go take a trip to Nashville to go see Sam, did that in March. It's like, all right, well, that's what that cash is for. Um, and I don't know if I want to get my wife a present and her not see it on the bank statement. <laughs> it's like, she's like, how'd you afford this? It's like, it was mastering money. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> 
Yeah, keep going in early, please. <laughs> um, so, I, yeah, it's... I, I keep coming back to this. That I, all day I've been coming back to like how leaky is your bucket? That's and great. some buckets are leakier than others. Some buckets right. have a lot of holes in them, and that could just be goofy things that you're doing that don't really jive with the general community of music makers in like who you're associating with and marketing towards. Um, I really like the whole thing of like you know you may have just taken your foot off the gas. Yeah, and. I've definitely felt periods like that. And uh, I think, I mean, this is almost like a marketing 301 episode. This isn't, (laughs) this is like a, it is, yes, it dives into cyclical markets, but like, I'm going to write this down. It's like the evolution of markets. I like that. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's still nerdy as shit. I don't know. People still aren't going to listen to this episode. But the whole, like, you took your foot off the gas, and I feel like like one of the things like with me is like, oh, man, it's like I just love coming in, like having this work all set. But at some point, it's like you go through a dry month or whatnot, and you're like, oh, I don't want to go market. I know the work will come back in next month or something like that. Like that sometimes, some summers, I'll do that. Correct. It's like I know that, let's say we're recording this in July. Let's say July is going to be a dull month for you. It's like... I'm just going to take a summer summer vacation. And I will say there is merit to that so long as you know stuff's coming down, you're not relying on that money. Um, and I am a very big proponent of when life gives you a break, you should take it. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to trying to fill it with more work. It's a very... I know we're not just talking to people in America, but America and American people, like, I I know you... And y'all are workaholics, and y'all don't take breaks, and you're gonna suffer some from some significant burnout. That whole like Gary V hustle, get on Threads right now. They just released last week. If you're not on Threads, you're oh missing gosh. out. And it's Don't like get me started. Yeah, and so it's just like y'all. Like I feel like we're so past that whole thing of social media, and Gary's still like. <laughs> <laughs> plugging along. And it's like, man, I was like eating his, like, I was I was eating up everything he was putting out a few years ago. And I mean, I, I still think a lot of his stuff is great. Um, but man, I could, I don't think I could live in that world. And so where I'm kind of getting at with this is um, I hate, like, whenever you do have a slow time, it's like I hate the whole thing of like, man, I hate having to work for work. And it's like, I just want to come in and it kind of be the way it was. But you you have to understand that sometimes there that markets really do go through some type of evolution and ebb and flow. Yep. And you will need to reach back out to people and identify people. There is something in marketing that's kind of interesting. Um, real, si- real quick sidebar. Sam, shoot me a text with how much time you have left just because we're kind of weird I guess as far as minutes. our time. Okay, shoot me a text about what time you need to wrap up, and I'll make <laughs> okay. sure we wrap up by that time. Um, something that in my other company uh, has been floating around for the past year, two years or so uh, in marketing, which marketing is something, uh, you know, a little bit I dabble in in, in my other company. And uh, one of the things is, at what point do we start marketing to uh, Gen Z? And so you're seeing, like, so like the next generation, Mm -hmm. per se, given that this episode is listened to at a later date. So when do I start marketing to the up-and-coming generation? You have a lot of Gen Z. um, They're either 
out of college, kind of in their first few jobs post-college, or they're graduating college. I don't, I don't really know when Gen Z necessarily like ends and switches over to the next one. Um, I think there's still a good bit of time, but there's different ways that you market to different age groups and to different uh, types of people and whatnot. And um, there's different ways that people communicate differently and better and better forms of communication are different and better for those uh, different generations of people. Um, But here's a question for you, Sam. And Mm. I feel like in my other company, I have been able to define um, this question, Um, but I'm curious of your take, and I haven't quite defined it. I have defined it, but I haven't completely sussed it out. Like, I don't know, a few cigars, a few glasses of scotch away from a breakthrough here. (laughs) What would you say as far as... Uh, reaching out to the people who are really just starting to make a breakout in like like the new generation of producers, uh, mix engineers. It's like they're doing it a lot differently, I feel like, than um, say like the millennial generation or the Gen X generation, even, you know, going into like the boomer generation. Like it's like like stuff happens incredibly different and incredibly quicker yeah. today. And there's a big question amongst, I would assume, like a, a very DIY community of do we really even need a mastering engineer? Right. Look at all the tools that are put out for me. Why would I even consider this? Yeah. And it's like I can mix and like like how synonymous the terms mix and master are these days. Right. And so it's like I can do this upcharge for the mastering and we're good to go. Why do I even need this? So, uh, is this a group that you reach out to? This just sounds like very kind of odd, but it's like, <laughs> like it's it's a thing. It's like you have a group of people who are up and coming into this. Do you reach out? Do you like kind of feed into like the next generation of music makers? And how do you make yourself relevant to them? Yeah, I actually believe that Gen Z. If you're Gen Z out there, feel free to holler. Um, I feel like Gen Z really wants to work with like authentic, trustworthy people, to be honest. Yeah. And I find as much as like Gen Z is on the internet, I mean they're they're growing up on the internet. Like growing up. I was was about to say, see what like they grew up with, all this like freak garbage. And I think that they're smart and I think that they are already aware of all the kind of bull crap that gets pulled on millennials to be honest like sure yeah millennials are the have become the biggest sucker for sales funnels for gurus <laughs> for ebooks for all that like i've watched it i'm a part of that age group you know i have buddies who that became their job like they left recording to make a funnel you know mm-hmm. to sell ebooks to sell a tip video to sell whatever because it was like it's quote unquote easy to manipulate people and easy to turn yeah. the dial on that. And whether or not you feel good about that at the end of the day, say 10 years into becoming a guru course maker, I don't know. That's for you to figure out if that was fulfilling and what you're going to, you know, talk about cyclical markets. Um, if you go online, I think for me, I've noticed there's a lot less, um, especially like, now there's a lot less people. I follow like wealth, money, you know, 
lot lot less crypto bros, a lot less uh, hey Airbnb hacks, hey passive income, you know, all of that is like, I think those people have kind of run their course and they're probably broke and or it didn't work out or they were selling something they're not actually doing. Um, and I think Gen Z to me catches on really quick. Gen Z wants authenticity. Gen Z wants to know like um, that you're real, that you're going to do what you say. Um, there really seem to be, and this is probably good, concerned about like treating people fairly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think they're, um, they're witnessing from our age group um, the burnout of being treated poorly. Uh, mm. They have accessibility to education. So I think that's a lot of this, like their awareness. They are able to learn about things quickly. They are able to educate themselves quickly, hopefully with good information. Um, but yeah, I think they really value honesty. I think they value as much as... Um, I don't want to go down that road. I think they... <laughs> I, I think they really do value like... their they have maybe the best intentions of any age group, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Now, whether or not that comes out, what older people will say, like, correct, or that they are sensitive, or they have attention spans of two seconds, you know, they don't really care. I think they care. I think they care a lot. I think they're trying to educate. I think they're trying to do better. I think they're trying to improve a lot of issues that have been um, issues that haven't moved a lot. And I think they like to work with people who are authentic, genuine, who execute. I think they like to work with people that are creative. You know, like creativity, whether or not this is a good thing to me, you are expected to be on social media. You're, you know, you want to reach Gen Z, they are on the internet. They Mm -hmm. like to follow brands, influencers, trends. They like to participate in that. Gen Z makes SNL you know, like on the daily. <laughs> Gen yeah. Z is like doing an SNL show on the daily for their own followers. It's incredible. Um, you know, they value. Yeah, it's it's wild. Like, you know, the amount of actors we could have coming out of Gen Z is could be crazy. Um, you know, comedians, skit creators. And uh, I think that's, you know, I think that is what Gen Z values. Now, if you want to mark Gen Z, I think you got to be heavy into the social media trends. Um, to reach them at first. And then I think you can, you know, win them over by being authentic and having a great service and a product and not trying to like swindle them on a $5.99 course or something. Like my, I have a handful of Gen Z clients and they love, like they love me that I'm like, uh, like dorky, cool dad. Like they like that. They like that I do not bullcrap them. They really respond well. And this is so dumb. Like all people should respond well to this. To like wisdom. Like there's a 17-year-old kid who I adore, who I work with, who is producer, mixer, pop artist. I've been working with for like two years. He's a superstar. And every like few weeks, we just chat, send some DMs. And he has worked his way up into where he needs to. And now he's got attention from some of the biggest pop stars. Mm. And we talk about that. And I literally last week, I mean, if he's listening, I'm sure he won't care. I love him to death. He likes me. Um, You know, we were talking about him flying to LA to meet with one of the biggest pop stars who DM'd him on TikTok and said he loved his music. And 
you know, we talked about basically being sober and like, hey, you're going to fly out to LA, you're 17, and it's going to be really easy for you to get ran over by the music industry to be, find yourself in a situation that could be life-altering and mm-hmm. not to scare you, but maybe when you're out there, if someone offers you drugs, don't do it. <laughs> like, if you find yourself at a party with celebrities, you know, you can be sober. Like, you can be yourself. That's what's gotten you here. And we had a conversation of basically being like, here's how to be a responsible adult. And his response was, I fully agree with you. Like, thank you for saying that. You know, like, I can be myself. I don't have to, like, give into peer pressure, which I feel like millennials and above, like, we gave in to, we give into peer pressure all the time, you know? And you, this isn't like a knock on, like, you need to be sober or not. But my interaction with Gen Z has been extremely positive, to be honest. Like, actual, when I meet, one-on-one or talk one-on-one. It's been very great. And I'm excited for that generation. I'm excited to see what they create. Um, I think the media loves to just make everybody seem bad, you know, or distracted or, you know, whatever, like no values, no real values or whatever politics are within the generations. I remember millennials basically got crapped on for like eight straight years of us being like lazy and entitled. Um, and now they've moved on to Gen Z. And so, you know, for me, I think Gen Z is important. They're becoming my clients already and they value hard work. They value that none of my Gen Z's have had budget issues. None of them, <laughs> none of them have said, can you go lower? None of them, which to me is an interesting thing. Like, I think the amount of creatives Gen Z is cranking out, they understand. I have worth and value. And when I tell them my rate, they all go, that's fine. And that's that. Like my Gen Z clients respect my business terms. They follow the book, the intake form. They respect the boundaries. They go, oh, you don't work Saturday, Sunday? That's fine. No worries. You know, like that to me, Gen Z has a little bit of etiquette that I think millennials don't have and above. Um, And I've noticed that with the Gen Z I work with. So anyway, I did not expect to talk about Gen Z today. I didn't know I had so much to say about Welcome them. Welcome <laughs> to this episode. Good Lord, took me off guard. But that's my my opinion on Gen Z is like, they're pretty freaking crafty and cool. Um, and I love being a part of Gen Z, that age group, because they keep me, keep me young, I guess I could say. I'm only 35, but... <laughs> They're going to be my clients, you know, and some, yeah. and some of them already are, you know, and my cyclical marketing is like the pop guys that I started with 14 years ago, if they were like 25 or late 20s, they're like 40 now. And they're not going to be able to probably uh, be, you know, like a teen star anymore because <laughs> that mm. would just be creepy. So, you know, that's just how the industry goes. So Gen Z, very important. Figure that out. Meet them. If you don't, if you're like, oh, I don't like TikTok, whatever, that's fine. Just find them on Facebook. You know, they may not use Facebook, but you can find Gen Z or find them on TikTok. I don't even have TikTok. You can find them on Instagram. You can find them. <laughs> this sounds like so great. Find them at a coffee shop. Just find them on social media and or find, you know, just people that make records you like and reach out to them. You can go to SoundCloud. Gen Z lives on SoundCloud. Um <laughs> 
you know, there's tons of artists that are Gen Z and even probably younger on SoundCloud. Spend some time. Do do your work. Like, that's with the gas down. Like, I go on SoundCloud all the time. I go on spot. I find people all the time and just say, hey, I love this song. How did you do that? And then you have a conversation and sometimes it turns into a client and sometimes it just turns into a friend. Like, or like you're just a fan of them and that's great. Um, okay, so that's my hot take on Gen Z. Go, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're nearing the time I know, that you like, uh, sent me a message yeah. about. So how about if you, this? Let's, if you let's go, wrap up. You could go that? 10 more minutes. If you got stuff to say, no, 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 okay. no. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. So um, one of the things I think, I, I keep coming back to this that you said is that uh, you said, you know what, you may have just taken your foot off the gas. Yeah. Um, so why don't you give us, and we'll, you do these next th- three, uh-huh. and I, because you're really good at being put on the spot, Sam and I don't pre-plan these episodes, as many of you will probably know. <laughs> if not, you've found out. Right. Um, give us three do's for whenever you kind of hit this, like, odd lull from cyclical markets, kind of about like mm. putting your foot de- back down on the gas. Yes. Once you wrap that, I'll wrap the episode. You're off to dinner. Bada boom, bada bing. Boom. Okay. Uh, reach out to your past clients and ask them what they're working on. You have to be a follow-up master, a follow-up king. I am a king at follow-up and keeping in contact with people. You have to say, hey, so-and-so, how are you? What are y'all working on? And sure enough, half of them are working on something. (laughs) And sometimes you have to be um, straight up and just say, that sounds awesome. I would love to master that. The amount of times I just tell people, I'd love to master that. And they go, great. There you go. We'll send it to you. Uh, So do that. A lot of people do not follow up with their clients. Another thing I do, I'm going to say to keep the gas going so you don't forget in this is... End each email that each project when you're wrapping, you know, thanks so much for having me on this project. It's awesome, blah, blah. Looking forward to when it comes out. Make sure you tag me, you know, most mastering. What are you working on next? Hello, what are you working on next? Anybody who is serious about music is working on something next, especially when you're working with mixers. Master engineers target mixers. Mixers control a lot of the power of who masters. Mixers who are part-time and or full-time will for sure already have project going or coming down the pipe. Um, And so then that just assures them that you'd like to be a part of it. Sometimes people don't know you want to keep working with them because it's a two-way street. I've had people who I didn't follow up with and they go somewhere else and then I'm, you know, reach out to them and say like, hey, that record's awesome. What are you working on next? And they're like this. And I'm like, can I master it? And they say, yeah, you know, and they just come back. You know, sometimes people are just unaware of you want to be a part of their records over and over again. Um, so that's a little tip. Um, so the follow-up is key. And then you can do that little email hack at the end of a project. Uh, another thing would be to get back on social media. If you are not actively consistent on social media, you are losing. I've been saying that for three or four years. You are losing. And once again, you don't have to become a a, a creator. You don't have to make skits. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. 
but you do need to be consistent on the internet of marketing who you are and what you do every day. Not every day. I only do it Monday through Friday. Monday through Friday, five minutes. Make that your challenge. Write it down. Monday through Friday, five minutes, set a timer. I will post something in a story. I don't even post on my feed. I do stories every day because it's easier and statistically stories get more interaction than a post. Do that. I dare you to do that and have the best year of your life. I dare you. (laughs) Spend 25 minutes total a week marketing on one platform. Focus on one platform. That's why I just use Instagram. I don't do Facebook. I don't do TikTok. I don't do threads. I'm not really against that. I just think people spread themselves too thin. And if they Mm -hmm. focus on one thing, they can't even handle one thing. Because when I tell people this, they don't do it. Um, But, you know, secret to success for Sam. Five minutes a day on Instagram. Do it. Post some things on your stories. Make sure people know that you exist. Because internet is important. If you don't want to play the internet game, I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry. You know, you have to accept then what that means, which is this might not work for me. Um, The solution would be you need to then, I've talked about before, get in person with people. So how are you going to find those people? Probably still need to get on the internet to find them. Um, And then you try to meet them in person or something or phone call. But I find social media to be a easy, quick way to be an icebreaker um, to speed up that process. And um, that's it. I don't even have like that many things. Those are really it. Follow up with your past clients. See what they're working on. Casual email. Um, and then with when you're done with the project, just say, looking forward to more. You know, what, what are you working on? And then be active on social, on one platform. Um, just Try to be active on one platform for five minutes a day and see what happens. Be a person. <laughs> be normal. <laughs> Post what you want. Uh, but that's kind of my, that would be my, my tips. And as simple as that sounds, when I try to, I mean, I've had this conversation with people for five straight years. People come to me, hey, I, how do I get consistent clients? How do I keep clients? I tell them these same things that work for me. And we follow up a few months later same conversation. Ah, just uh, well, how long you spend on Instagram? Oh, I'm not. I haven't been posting lately. I've had this come up. You can have infinite excuses, but we all have five minutes a day to get on social media. We all have the ability to add one more sentence to an email to say, "Hey, what are you working on next?" If you do those things, you're going to see an increase in business, and you will have less highs and lows in your cyclical markets. The end. There you go. <laughs> Bro, it. you did a lot of the talking. Well, I told you, I know <laughs> when you said this topic, it's just because I've been through, I know this, this yeah. topic. I live this topic. <laughs> I could go for hours on this good. topic. So anyway. No, I thought it was all really good. Great. Man, I just had like the best stretch. <laughs> That's great. Man, sitting down the all day. Stretch. It's going to be nice. <laughs> Some background. I got a good stretch coming up back. after we wrap this podcast. That's like one thing you like, you know, you're getting old when you're just like, man, that stretch was great. Oh, yeah. Sometimes my back will like release <laughs> the old man stretch. Yeah. The when I'm like, four year old old man stretch. About to start right. golf and I make this like beautiful spine rotation to stretch out. And I'm like, ooh, it's going to be a good day on the course because that just released. <laughs> 
<laughs> Otherwise, so I'm blocking old. everything to the right all day. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get the like hips to release. Sam. It's going to be a, a long day in the woods on the right side. <laughs> uh, that's funny. <gasps> all right. So if you hear the music in the background, uh, that was made by the one and only Sam Moses. Go ahead and give him some thanks, some praise for putting these episodes together. I am so thankful and I'm, and I'm always thankful for you putting these together. So, so thank you. I already know this is going to sound epic. So thank you very much. Um, if you, like we said in the beginning, if you like the episode, if you like the podcast, if you like Sam or me or both of us, or Moses Mastering, or For the Record Mastering, if you like one of those, or even just the podcast in general, go ahead and give us some likes, some stars, subscribe, first time we're saying that in six years, and we would greatly appreciate it. Let's see, if you need a mastering engineer, Sam can be found at Moses Mastering, I can be found at For the Record Mastering, and... uh, Help us so we don't fall prey to the cyclical markets. You have like that song in like the with they play with the SBCA and the arms of an angel, whatever it is. Like Wait, sad what is that song? Oh yeah, yeah, the SBCA, whatever commercial for whatever for ninety nine yeah. cents a day. You can if we had like a video form, we'd like fake edit our eyes so they were massive and uh, yeah, whatever. I'm making a <laughs> sad. <note. laughs> <laughs> made a note here to do that. Uh, All right, I got it. <laughs> For just $100 a track, you too. <laughs> you too can support a master uh, engineer. All right, let's take this home. Um, yeah, just thank you for who you are. If you wouldn't mind doing those things that, I, that we asked, that'd be great. Uh, also, shoot us a DM or write us. Don't write the attack and release show on Instagram we don't really check that that much and I think that's it Mm -hmm. so without ado morning, afternoon, evening, whatever you're having have a darn good one holy crap we made it it's like 58 minutes we made it (laughs) (laughs) you are late for dinner tardy yeah you know it's (laughs) alright see y'all later take care cue the music yeah right